0: hundreds of registrars I we've spoken to to try and build up this content so Balrog it's 10 past nine and we'll be doing some polls as we go through to find out who's in the room Are you happy for me to make a start yeah absolutely. okay great you should be able to see the title slide uh, is that on there yes great so um, as you can see we we started this as actually a quite a small course for Trainees in London doing cardiology, but the demand has just grown and grown and grown. So we've expanded it to cover multiple specialties, um, all the way from this starting day. So don't worry, you've not missed anything at all so far. Um, in 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 sort of interview preparation and preparing your application, all the way till you know picking your jobs after the offers come in. So you know we've set up a support program all the way through. So. You know, welcome, and I hope we'll see you along the way with us. I guess one of the advantages of doing this remotely is you can be lying in your bed right now uh, with a coffee in your hand, with your baby, with your dog um, by your side, and you know you don't have to be catching that six a.m. train uh, down to wherever the course is held. So one of the perks of of, of, I guess, the COVID restructuring of things that we're going to stick with. And it looks like the interviewers are also sticking with. So, you know, we're we're working in the same format that they will be. But really the focus of today and the main thing we're going to be talking about today is not the interview. Um, And that's a very conscious decision we've made. We're going to be really focusing on the application, the application form, the thing that forms the shortlisting score, the thing that gets your foot in the door um, to, to get you into that interview. And that is because speaking to the candidates over previous years who, you know, done fantastically well and and the highest scoring candidates who ranked top in the country, they really didn't start getting overwhelmed with the interview stuff from this stage on. So, you know, this is really not the time to have well, in, in my view and in, in the views of people we've spoken to, to start getting worried about the interview preparation. Really now you're a week ahead or a week or two ahead of when the application window opens. So this is a perfect time to start getting things ready and give you that head start with the application form. So, you know, wherever you are in the UK, we're so glad we're able to sort of be more equitable and level up Uh you know, it's, and give everyone access to uh, this the, the, this course by doing it virtually rather than face to face anymore. And um, you know, we hope there's something in here for all of you. We've gathered hundreds of opinions to form this, so I hope there's something that you can take away for yourself from this that benefits you so we'll be going through all the different components but really have have a clear idea of where your weaknesses lie and where you want to be working on and that's really why we circulated that application form guide in the last few days for you to help sort of reflect on where you think the areas for most growth are um, and the areas of where strengths are as well okay so I guess who are we um we are a group of registrars from all around the country really. Um, And and the people you're seeing here are the leads, the faculty leads from um, each of the specialties that we are now incorporating uh, trainees uh, and fellows for. Um, And uh, working with these leads are a, a large number of fellows Um, And and registrars as well, who form the groups that we go for mock circuits, the groups that uh, you'll be having one to one sessions with later today. But really a diverse group of people who importantly have been through this whole process just a few years ago. So, you know, don't let my white hairs fool you. And that picture of me there is me when I was sat when I sat was in your position, sitting the CMT then to registrar our stage and I guess now you're in INT to register our stage, but you know, apart from the white hairs, I like to think not much else has changed. And really the memories of preparing that application form are still very fresh because it was it was difficult without any guidance, without any steer, without knowing if you're doing too much, too too little, if you're overclaiming, underclaiming, you know, all those obstacles, you know, were really, really tough to go through on our own. So um uh yeah. Uh, glad that we can now offer this for you. So really just a brief agenda, which we'll whip through uh, this slide, but we've done the registration and welcome. Um, please, as Balric said, keep your videos on if you want to, please put your hands up, please use the chat. That is what Balric and, and everyone else whose faculty are here to do, to go through your questions and either answer them directly for every everyone. So please put them for everyone. Um, or uh, if they think your question is really relevant, he'll interrupt me and we can have a discussion live uh, during the talk. So please engage, welcome everybody once again. Uh, Glad you can join us on a Saturday morning. Uh, We'll then go through the 2023 application process and then talk through the timeline, talk through what you should be doing at what stage, um, really when the different timings, the different things are, and really how we would suggest different ways to approach the interviews for your uh, specialties well, application and then interviews then we'll really get to the nitty-gritty by 9 30 and that's really what we're all here for is looking at that shortlisting form you know in previous years we've really just focused on the breakdown which is talking through each chapter step by step and focusing on where you can pick up tips where you can pick up extra points what the different um, tips you can be doing right now the next few weeks we've expanded that section really just for this year alone because there's been so much change introduced in june july 2022 and in in my perspective just slipped in to the ph uh, recruitment website without much notification you you as as fellows as imts may have received notification of all the changes you know it would be great if you put in the chat if you have been told about the substantial changes that have been made to the medical registrar application process i mean we've seen on twitter and on social media about the huge number of changes in the surgical application form um, and you know it's not as drastic as that but still you know i haven't without digging myself really heard much about the changes to the medical uh st4 application process so it'd be great if you could just put in the chat if you or your tpds have circulated anything have sat down with you have been through it at all don't worry if you haven't, because that is exactly what we're going to be doing today.
1: Um yeah, a lot of people come back in the chat and they're saying, yeah, just seem to stumble across it or <laughs> found out a few weeks ago, had yeah, had a whisper from a local TPD, things like that. So um yeah, I think it's, it, is, it is definitely the biggest change. And we were staggered, at least moving the goalposts, especially after what happened two years ago when they moved the goalposts. Um yeah. there is um astound they did just without making people aware. Because actually, people prepare their application forms and what their points are for a long way in advance, or something.
0: That's people. it, yeah. Because they made the changes and agreed the changes in July, um, and implemented it from you know October, November. Normally, you give a couple of years warning. Um, not this year. And I'm not going to get political about it or express my own opinions, but you know that is it. And you know one of the reasons for putting on a course like this is because. So the person who put in the chat said it right is is some people have an unfair advantage because they get that whisper from the TPD who's on the panel, whereas the vast majority don't. And the same happens down an interview. The people who are friends with or work in centers where the TPD works, um, you know, really have a significant advantage. And I'm saying that as someone who's benefited from that um, in the past. And I, I think the advantage of courses like this is now... By doing it virtual as well, all you have to do is click on on Zoom at the right time and you have potentially access to all that information that is often kept in silos and in hubs um, for for those individuals working at those centres with those TPDs. So, you know, really glad that we can share it. And so, you know, if you have any things that you think we've missed, please, please put that in the chat because it'll benefit everyone else, all the other hundreds of people in this room but also future generations because maybe we have overlooked stuff um, in all the research we've done. then um, 1045-ish we'll talk about what you can be doing now so the points that are still available, where to be focusing your energy in the couple of weeks before the application window opens in the six weeks before the application window closes and then we'll also be looking further down the line at what you can be doing before February March uh, when 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 the um, interviews uh, take place themselves. Now, because we've got such a diverse, well, I say diverse, we're all, we're all still uh, medic, medics here, uh, because we've got such a diverse number of specialties in the room today, we are going to really be focusing on the general tips for the first hour and a half, okay? And that's because the application form is largely very similar uh, across the board. However, there are some specialty-specific points Uh, that are different in the application form between different uh, specialties and that we'll really be picking up on at 11 o'clock in the specialty specific breakout rooms similarly if you have some specialty specific questions about this sort of qi project this sort of presentation about the commitment to specialty area don't worry that will all be discussed at 11 o'clock and we'll intentionally not cover that in the first hour and a half and save that for your breakout room with the faculty leads from your specialty and by faculty leads i mean registrars uh, who are working currently in in that specialty? Who are familiar with the the process and and have worked with uh, trainees before? Finally, we'll do a quick debrief um, at eleven forty five, and we can extend that on till as long as we've answered all your questions. So don't worry, we're not going to be leaving you um, at twelve. We'll we'll keep going until we can get through everyone's questions. But then at twelve o'clock, the people who have got their one to one clinics um, will will go to a different uh, Zoom link, uh, uh, which you should already have. Uh, for your one-to-one sessions, and don't worry if you haven't got one, or don't worry if you aren't prepared for one today. Uh, I'll come back to later on what we're doing uh, for those people who haven't had a chance to have any individual, personalised feedback so far, uh, and may want to revisit that down the room.
1: Guys, I just want to say sorry if you weren't able to get a one-to-one slot. We were just absolutely astounded by the demand for this the course and the one-to-one slots. So, yeah,
0: yeah we tried to uh, depending on how intense this gets. Um, at around 10 10 30 we may put in a coffee break so you know if you're if you're feeling like you're dozing off or or not focusing then please just either you know put an emoji in the chat or 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 just privately tell Balric and we can work it in a bit sooner because there's a lot of information that comes through here so you know do let me know if you need to take a five minute break great so that's enough for me for now Uh, we're going to find out who's in the room with us um and so uh sharma if you're able to launch the polls i just want to say a big shout out to sharma sashi haroop manas chelsea um everyone who is supporting the running of this course as well who, who who will be in the chat who have really you know worked day and night to help us put this all together for you so thank you all of you um as well as the faculty leads. so First poll is up and um, people are already putting in. So really just looking at that first question, what's your training background? Um, We've run this course over a number of years. And you might remember that uh, two years ago when there was the transition from CMT to IMT, there was that gap year uh, where you had less jobs, but really mainly fellows applying um, because they meant most of the imt2s didn't achieve the competencies to apply because they needed to complete imt3 um, so it was a you know a big mix there last year we saw things flip back a little bit where we had mainly imt3s um, but you know we have a large number of fellows who come through this course and we have got a large number of um, international graduates who you know face different challenges as they're applying through this process and you know we're really proud to say that many of those IMGs have done incredibly well from this course. And so, you know, although we're talking about people's training backgrounds, I don't want any of you to think that this is a pro or a con. It just needs means you need to be aware of where your strengths lie, where your weaknesses lie, and where you need to work to, to tailor your preparations for you. Right, so we can publish that poll. Uh, it looks like we've got 100% participation, which is Oh, no, 71% participation, which is more, more like like what I would expect. Um, so if we share that result, you'll see that most people in the room are IMT3s. We've got a good number of IMT2s, which is great to have you here. Welcome. Um, you are getting a head start by a year on on, on uh, preparation. So, you know, you can really sit back, feet up and, and enjoy this and take in what you want. We have got a number of fellows there, about 5%. Uh, 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 people are clinical fellows, and then we've got a couple of others. So you know, welcome everybody. And like I said, there is no better position, no worse position to be in at this stage. It's all about being aware of what the differences are, where your strengths lie, um, and where your weaknesses lie. Great. So let's close that poll, and um, if we can uh, relaunch it, because the next question I want to ha- get your input on is, where are you applying for in 2023? Uh, okay,
1: just 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 to be clear, some people saying about the uh, choice one choice two choice three they just refer to the numbers on the slide so uh if anyone's i suppose listening and can't see the slides and we can read out what one two three and four mean uh, yeah sure those voting for
0: choice five I mean, that's not an option <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i guess i guess choice five can be international if someone is uh i guess why would you be applying why would you be applying for st4 as far as i know there aren't any international posts i i can't remember whether there were jobs available in malta uh people have asked about that in the past but i mean if anyone is you know doing applying to somewhere that unusual and by that I just mean that we wouldn't have heard of please put in the chat because it's great to hear where you're applying to so we can also look that up and and try and get some tailored information for you um and as baldrick said yeah sorry some
1: some, some guys have some people have put in the chat uh this the the options are one London two north England three south England four Scotland Wales uh midlands yeah would come
0: under north north yeah, England. wherever your heart is. <laughs> <laughs> As Balric said, it's it is. Um, this is the classic Londoner who's made this. He's made these.
1: Uh, he's made these numbers.
0: <laughs> that's why I had to put North England and South England in this because if I just put North and South, often people I've met for who are London based think, "Oh, do you mean North London and South London?" But um, no, North England, South England. And as Balric said, it, this it's often really underappreciated how significant a step this is. Because although it's just an interview and some people can write it off and say, oh, you know, I'll take whatever I get. This is potentially dictating where you're going to be tr- living, you know, where your family's going to be, where if you're single, where you may meet your partner, where you bring up your kids for the next seven years. And potentially, most often, is where you'll take up your consultant post. Uh, you know, without putting too much pressure on this process, what, what medics just subconsciously accept as, a, as, as the way things are, there is a huge amount of responsibility on this interview to place you in a part of the country where you can continue living your life so you know there is a lot of uh importance to this step and something that we appreciate having been through that whole process um and so you know another reason why taking this seriously preparing well and doing everything you can to claw those extra marks um you know i completely see the logic in that
1: um so in terms of the poll results we've got uh, a fairly even split uh yeah. So a third of people applying for London, a third North England, a third South England, uh, and less for Scotland and Wales. That's also reflecting the fact that there are fewer um, fewer posts there. Interesting, I think there's been a, a big push, I can especially think cardiology, to try and uh, have more numbers released uh, outside of London and cutting the London numbers drastically, which will increase the competition a lot for those. London numbers. In terms of, I think a few questions in chat about a lot of questions in chat about applying nationally. Yes, you do apply nationally, but then the ranking is, yeah, you then rank your regions afterwards. And that has changed for the last four, three, four years where you used to just apply to your deanery. Uh, but yeah, now you apply nationally and rank thereafter. But it's just interesting to know where people are hoping to go to.
0: Yeah. Um... So if if, if what would be really helpful is if you can in the chat, just put how you heard about this course, because we really tried hard to spread the word throughout the country evenly. So it wasn't just focused on, on London. Um, And so it'd be great to hear how you came across the flyer and managed to sign up for this course, because, you know, we're trying really hard to to reach everyone. Um, And and so final question, um, it's a two part question. Um, So the first poll um which Sharma will launch is the first column so i want you to put option one two three four five to select if you're applying for cardio rest renal gastro room okay so cardio rest renal gastro room one out of those five options if you're not applying to any of those five options just hold fire for a second we'll launch the second poll for the other five specialties and again this will only be up for 15 seconds because i really want to now start moving through the content so um we stay on time uh
1: and uh what are the questions about, have numbers been released yet? No, they haven't released numbers. Uh, they actually only released the uh, interview dates uh, yesterday. So uh,
0: <laughs> you mad panic to update all the slides. Great. Let's end that poll. Um, so we have got a very you, good number. Yeah, I, I can see it on my screen. Unless okay. this is, is this is the previous question. The previous poll. you need to launch this one. Okay, great. So let's give it another 30 seconds from here. Go um, wander- I- on, sir. I'm just saying if you're applying for any of the first five specialties put your numbers in if you're applying to the second five so neuro Heen, jerry's derm endo just hold fire for a second great another five seconds great and let's uh, pause it there lovely so um we have pretty good spread actually um, we have a fair number of cardio uh, applicants, um, but we have representation from all of the other four specialties. Great, so let's stop and relaunch that poll again. Um, and now when this poll comes up, what I'm looking for is that second list of five specialties. So neuro, heme, Jerry's, Derm, Endo. Um, if you're applying for any of those, please indicate. Um, I appreciate some of you may be applying for multiple, but I think Zoom only lets you pick one. So just pick the one that, you know, if you were offered both, which one you pick. Um great so the poll has been relaunched now for those second five uh specialties so let's give it again another 15 seconds oh, this is great because you know we we really tried hard to reach out beyond what we've offered in the past which a couple three four years ago was just cardio and then last year and um, we've opened it up to more specialties and this year we've opened it up to 10 and um, so you know, it's great to see people from all those specialties hearing about this and logging in today. So let's end this poll. And again, you know, good numbers across the board. Um, so I'm I'm really glad we have got specialty breakout rooms for, for you. Um, and also we have, uh, you know, kept the majority of this talk applicable to everyone here. So um we'll end that poll. Oh, has everyone seen the results? Or was I just talking to myself? yeah that's the result of the second half so so you know good representation across all of those five specialties as well lovely so we'll move on and as i was saying you know i'm not going to get into the politics you tw- you can use twitter for that if you want to you know be controversial be on, want to sort of sh- give voice your opinions which you're completely entitled to do um about the unfairness of changes in the process or even you know the unfairness of the application process as a whole you know like i said there's so much responsibility on this process and ultimately you've got one form and one 40 minute interaction with two other doctors and that decides all of this tough it's a tough position to be in but what i would say is for now until march just forget about the politics forget about is it fair is it the best way to do it if you want to change the system you know, engage with your representation uh, afterwards. But for now, forget the politics, play the game, because, you know, I call it a game uh, in a lighthearted way. But actually, what I mean by that is there are specific things you can do, specific steps you can take to improve how you, you come across. Because, you know, what courses like this don't do is give you the content to increase your score. You know, we can't give you a quip here. But what we can do and what we have done in the past is improve The score that you go to uh, when you fill out that application form and then improve the score you get at interview so you know we're here today to help you understand the process so you're not worrying about it on your own and so you're not leaving points on the table because you didn't understand what they were asking for and then optimize the score you put in in each section of that application form so understand and optimize there are two goals for today so let's very briefly look at how this application form fits into the overall process And this is a well, I've taken the cardiology um, timeline here, but when you go into your specialty specific breakout rooms, you will have a specialty specific timeline there. They're largely very similar, especially in the the first half of the program, um, which is you're all of that red dot, you know, on on the left side of your screen, the application form webinar. So you've all started um, on this journey. Your application window um, is due to open in, uh, I guess, two, three, three weeks. Uh, from now so you know you've got a bit of a head start to get yourself ready for that Um, and that closes on the 8th of December which is a good good amount of time really I think for it to be open and I think an important thing is you get a break right that Christmas break I mean whether you're clinically having a break or not is a different question but in terms of the process of applying you get a a clear break from application form um, from now till start of December and then pick things up again um in January. And on there that that we I've put the optimized interviews interview course for cardiology. And again, that'll be shown specialty specific for each of you um, in your breakout rooms. But we've put that sort of at the early phase of your interview practice window. So we can really help uh, implement strategies from that early step on. Um, difficult, you know, some specialties are very vague about the application window at, you know, this being a very good example, from sixth to twenty-third, you know, in previous years it usually falls towards the second half of that window. But you know, they are entitled to do what they want within that window. Officially, I guess. Other things to say: you're all probably now well aware that this uh, interview will be a virtual format. Again, they've not officially launched said that about this year but you know whispers suggest that's the case that's what they've done in the last two years there have been huge cost savings for hee because of it it's worked well and they have said on their websites that they will want you to upload your data um virtually uh, so you know everything points to this again being another year where your interviews are held and um, virtually now We'll touch a little bit here on IMT3 equivalency, because I I, I appreciate from the former slide, most of you in the room are IMT3s or IMT2s, but there are a number of clinical fellows, about 5% here today, but also a lot of people that we work with going forwards who are trying to achieve IMT3 equivalency. Um, And I hope that if you're at the stage now where you're going to be applying in um March you uh ha- have looked at what it means to be IMT3 equivalent and have started on that journey who you, you know so you're familiar with the information on the NIMDTA website um uh, about how to to train if you're from Northern Ireland uh how to achieve comp, uh, equivalency uh that way um and you know we, we can go through it individually with you later on uh, if you have any specific questions about that but just to say um a point we used to labor a lot more pre- previously was The interview is for people who are either going through the traditional IMT pathway and are now IMT3 um, or individuals who are achieving IMT3 equivalency through uh, whatever method they, they wish to take. And then finally, when we're now going to move on to the shortlisting scores for you, what I want you to remember is just because you're not hitting full marks, do not take that as you not being good enough. The top marks on many of the categories are really aspirational okay and the vast majority of people do not hit that and by that i mean the vast majority of people do not have multiple first author pubmed original research articles do not have um you know phds do not have um masters in teaching uh you know so really there will be a handful of people who 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 are that you know and just completely let them do their thing okay there are enough jobs um, for people who are not in that top bracket um, you know and I can vouch for that um, I, you know I, I, I did not have any of those top things and did, did absolutely fine so don't let it get you down is, is what I'm trying to say and going back to that original point for the fellows in, in, in here as well you know don't fall for this trap of thinking you're at some disadvantage because of your training history you know everyone uh, who is here I I would like to think, has got enough strength on their CV um, to to get a number. Um, And that's really what you're trying to do. Get a good enough number to get the job you need and then forget about it. So the vast majority of people are in that second bracket. Normal people who are stressed, you know, who who are finding clinical work pretty tough recently, especially in the COVID years, um, and who, you know, have had their training disrupted because of that and so have not potentially done as much as they would have wanted. You are the majority, okay? So do not feel the victim because that is what you are your peers are most likely to be as well so relax there's plenty of stuff you've got to be proud of and when you'll see the, I'm certain of it so um, again this is something which we'll pick up on in your specialty specific breakout rooms and um, the shortlisting process is really just getting your foot in the door okay application numbers exceed interview capacity that was the case especially when it was face to face we're seeing them being a bit more generous now we're calling people to interview now that it's virtual okay so i really don't want you to get too bogged down with your raw score really what you want your shortlisting score to be is enough to get your foot in the door and enough of a representation of you so that the examiner's when they look at that document in front of them before they do that interview, they understand who you are. For some of you, uh, it'll also need to demonstrate your commitment to specialty. And that's something which we'll go through uh, in the specialty specific breakout rooms, but there is that additional component. And the reason I put these, these histograms up here, which again, you'll see if you're in specialty in the breakout rooms is because what I want to show you is, um, well, let's go through to this slide here actually, this is how your score and how your uh, rankings will be adjudicated. Okay. So actually the application form forms a very, very small part of it. Right. So the 10 minute clinical scenario station is potentially as many points as you've got up for grabs as your application form score. However, whatever you can do, oops, let's go back again. uh, Whatever you can do to get yourself extra marks, you should do if that makes sense so you know this application form you know is a very small part of that overall score but whatever you can do to claw those extra marks really go for it at this stage and don't under under you know don't do yourself a disservice by not taking those marks that are available to you because for every one point you can get as you can see in that top histogram you may be jumping up 35 ranks in your shortlisting score so, you know, I, you might not be able to see the numbers, but I can on this. If you score a, a 53 um, and then you do something that scores you a 54 on your shortlisting score in 2020, that will put you up 35 ranks in your shortlisting score. And that will get diluted down a- after your application. But, you know, whatever you can do to get every extra mark, it translates into an exponential improvement in your position in that queue. If that doesn't make sense to you right now, we can go over it again in the breakout rooms. But really, the bottom line take home message is if there are marks on the table, do whatever it takes to get them because it makes a very, very big difference. And again, just going to that point again, that, um, you know, keep it in perspective. You know, you have worked incredibly hard to get here. And the majority of that is to be demonstrated at interview. OK, um, this is. Uh, a form that you fill in to for them to w- weed out the you know the complete no-hopers in the sense that people who have not even done the basic competencies who who are not eligible really and then to form some sort of uh coordination of your score so you know in perspective this is a very small part of your overall score is to get your foot in the door everything you can do to improve your mark do it but don't carry any stress with that um and you know it's, it, is a, it is a tough journey actually um to go through the whole application process, so you know, make sure you remember that stamp. Make sure you don't burn out on this application form. So, the website uh, suggests it takes ten hours to prepare your application form. Um, I've muted I've this this video for a second, but really, what Sam, who you know, did incredibly well and ranked you know in, in the top top few in the country, um, sorry, the name's wrong there, ranked in the top few in the country uh, for cardiology, is, is saying is really don't start too early because it is tough. You know, I put that Rocky Balboa stairs montage up there to really say this is, uh, you know, really, you know, it's a mental challenge. It's a mental marathon. And if you start too early with your interview preparation, even with your application form, um, you know, you don't want to burn out. So, you know, really take it easy. You know, you've got plenty of time. You're now three weeks out from the window opening start gradually start building up to it but do not start you know staying up till three o'clock in the morning to 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 perfect those paragraphs okay 10 hours is sort of what it takes to prepare your application form uh, and a lot of emails that you'll need to send around to get all that information so really that's all I'm going to say about the process in general before we move on to the form itself and the different segments Balric any big questions coming up about that timeline that process anything we've covered so far
1: uh, no, I mean, some people are asking about the graphs and where we get the uh, dates from, I put the, uh, it's the old SD3 recruitment page, um, they put everything on there, um, and yeah, Tom's just answering some questions about uh, the shortlisting score and how it's used, but uh, no, completely agree, it's, um, it's don't don't leave everything to the last minute, and don't stay up till three o'clock trying to get all the emails and your consultant won't thank you if you're trying to get this quip done two days beforehand uh so do just plan what you can realistically achieve uh over the next uh six weeks
0: yeah um, and that's why we're starting this a little bit early before the window opens because in three weeks time when everyone gets that email everyone will be rushing to get those references those dots those you know whatever sign-offs they need whatever degrees they need to get hold of you by being here hopefully have got a three week advantage and a head start when things are quiet um, for your consultants you know they'll be coming back from half term um, in a good mood uh, so now is a good time to start getting things organized so you can get ahead of the game before your uh, you know other other people who are trying to do so as well um good so let's have a look at the application form we've given you all a sneak preview um, and i hope all of you have managed to download Uh, the application form guide which we have uploaded on our website if not just just let us know in the chat and uh, Sharma can potentially share the link again with you for that but really the first slide that we put in that pack is this overview table and this has changed a lot compared to previous years in terms of what you score marks for and what you don't and we'll go through that but really keep this a hand if you are working on a laptop because as we go through the various sections I want you to try and calculate your own scores today based on you know your memories of what, what what you you think you'll score um in each section and you know this does not go any further than yourself and for those of you the one-to-one uh with the registrar you discuss it with there so you know please keep uh this as factually accurate as you think you are going to score and um, so you have a realistic idea of how many points you've got now um by the end of this Uh, workshop i hope you'll also be able to fill in the expected points by deadline day because what i want to leave each of you with is the idea that you can do things in the next six weeks to increase that score so what you're scoring today is not necessarily what you'll be scoring in six weeks time so there are tips and tricks for each of the, well, for many of the sections that I think you can pick up additional points for if you're not already scoring full marks in them. So for, I hope for many of you, the points by deadline day will be different from the points you've scored today. Okay, so we've spoken a lot about the change. Let's dig into that a little bit more. Um, so this is a summary of all the different changes that have happened between 2022 and 2023, and we'll look through them individually in a second but I think these are really the main uh, sections that they have changed and again I'm not going to be political I'm not going to give you my view I'm not going to suggest whether certain things are right or wrong you can put that in the chat if you want to again none of this will get back to your TPDs HE or anybody but you know let this be a forum for you to voice your opinions or what your thoughts are if you want to Um, undergraduate degrees now count for nothing which uh, I was speaking to Tom about this earlier, you know, would have meant a real uh, difference to both of us because we both did integrated BScs, And of course, at the time, you're not thinking, oh, this will get me extra points when it comes to ST4 interview. But you do think it will help. Right. It, part, part of the reason for me was partly because I enjoyed uh, translational medicine. I suppose. But a large part was also because I I was getting an additional degree that I thought would look impressive on my CV to the point that it would put me in a good, better position. But not anymore. Uh, they are not there. Um, the policy decision, they you know, the, the documentation says it's because uh, equity, because of, uh, you know, not everyone has access or financial uh, is in a financial position to do an additional undergraduate degree. So it's unfair to score people on that. So they've taken away the points for that. Um, they've also overall reduced the number of points available in um, in the application form as a whole. Again, I'm not fully sure of the rationale for that. It's gone from 56 points to 48 points. So again, that score will be multiplied by uh, 0.2 to give you the overall contribution to your uh, application score, if that makes sense. So this raw figure will be multiplied by 0.2 and then combined with your interview score to give your final score, which will be used for overall rankings, but that's reduced overall. Um, they, they try to put some sort of rationale, which I didn't fully understand, where they said, we looked to see how the application form correlated with interview performance. Um, fine fair enough they're trying to compare interview performance as the gold standard of what's good and what's bad and then they said we found no correlation but we bore this in mind so I don't fully understand why these changes and the change in the overall scores were made and the the relative weighting but it's not clear in the documentation that I've read and I wouldn't want to comment further than that and you know so the, the additional thing that you all will probably be aware of is that the points for the MRCP are back but if you'd applied last year you'd have got nothing if you had done your paces nothing in terms of what you'd scored for this uh, application and that's because limitations of access to paces exams during covid uh they obviously feel that that limitation of access has now been resolved and anyone who wants to do paces is able to do paces and so those points are back in they've put in their uh, documentation as a caveat they will revisit this again next year so let's see let's see uh how, how how that pans out but again if you've got full mrcp to uh, by the time the application window closes right so it's not that if you're waiting for a result by december the 7th or whatever it was that that gets you any points but if you've got full mrcp which means including paces by the time the application window closes you'll pick up eight points for that whereas last year you would have got none okay so we can go through the changes in more detail, but we'll go through them uh, also as we go through each section individually. Um, again, uh, as we go through each of the individual sections, I hope you've all got access to your keypads because we'll be looking at everyone's individual scores just to see what the layout of the people in this room is. Again, you know this is purely just for our understanding so we know which sections are people ranking really highly in. So if the majority of you have scored all the marks for publications then great, we will skip over that quite lightly. Whereas if there are a lot of you who have not scored the full marks or scored highly in, let's say, teaching, we'll focus more on that. So that's really the purpose of this score. And there is no way we can trace back who scored, who wrote what. So you know, feel free to be as uh, genuine as you are comfortable to be. Again, there is no trackability to it. It's all completely anonymous, as you know. Barrett, before we go on to the individual sections, anything that people are saying or anything you want to say about these changes beyond what's on the screen here and what we've said so far? Uh, just one thing. Um, people were
1: uh, people talking about uh, MRCP. So MRCP, uh, if you've got your full MRCP, you have get max points on your shortest score, and that's eight out of 48, which is, which is a huge amount. Um, you do indeed need to have your MRCP fully done by the time you accept your offer. So on the website, I think it says last year is 21st of April, uh, i.e. 21st of April for this year. Uh, and so it'll be a similar kind of time this year. So regardless of whether you've got the MRCP now, but you need to have done it to be able to accept an offer by 21st of April this year, uh, 20, 21st of April 2023.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you can sit and, and, and think about why they've done these changes. But as Balric said, the MRCP now accounts for eight out of 48 uh, total points, um, which is sort of us, you know, I did the math before about 17%. If the total pool of points available for the application form is still 56, it would be a much lower percentage. And so, really, what they've done is upweighted the MRCP, upweighted publications by not reducing it, um, downweighted ad- additional achievements, downweighted, you know, presentations, downweighted training and teaching, leadership. So it's it's weird to think about what would have motivated this. For some reason, the people who are responsible for generating this believe that publications are important, MRCP is important, teaching experience remains important. I guess presentations are still important, but not as important as they used to be. So, of course, someone seems to think that this is the way to select people. Based on the data they've released, there is no evidence to support these decisions in terms of hard numbers. So it's it's someone's opinion. And unfortunately, this is the game we all have, well, you all have to play. Um, So feel free to rant as much as you want in the chat. But after this, you know, get your head down and just accept it and move on. It's like that picture, of that red card. There's no point fighting about it once the decision has been made. Okay, so let's uh, start with, let's start with postgraduate degrees. So um, as we said, intercalated BSCs don't count anymore. In fact, let me put the next slide up just so you know what to be scoring yourself. And 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 Sharma, if you're able to launch a poll whilst I speak, the things to uh, sort of think about it, this whilst you're answering that poll is things that don't count anymore. So intercalated BSC does not count. If you went to Oxbridge and your BSc turned into an MA, does not count. Um, if you uh, d- got a PG Cert in teaching, does not count. And MRCP does not count in this category. You know, if you've done full MRCS, FRCS, whatever, does not count. Um, so let's launch a poll uh, and see how the various people in this room have scored. Um, so again, before you select anything, yeah, use the numbers. Choice five, meaning five points. Let's relaunch that poll for a second, Sharma. I should have made that clear before we we, we um, started. So use the different numbers to be the scores for each uh, so
1: you, you can't You can't actually score zero. I think quite a lot of people will be on zero. For this. So why don't you actually <laughs> just do it as... Um, so choice one is zero points. Choice two is one point. Choice three is three points. And choice four is the max, which is four points.
0: Okay, good, fine. So let's relaunch that poll. So... Four is four points. Choice three is three points. Choice two is one point, and choice one is zero points. So, you know, th- this is tough, but we're we're constrained by zoom a little bit here. Um so you know, again, I wanna go back to that point that I made earlier. Do not at all think you're less competent. Uh, to be a registrar just because you don't have a PhD or an MD and not scoring four points in this section or even three or even two or even one you know it is absolutely fine for um you know you to be in whatever position you are uh, in at the moment uh so don't take this section at all there are some sections where I have uh, put stars next to the titles because I think they're sections you can try and really improve your points in uh over the next couple of weeks this is not one of them okay so this is one of the sections where what you get today i can't really see a scenario where that's going to change before december 7th so um great let's close the poll there we've got a good number of answers you know as as uh I, i would have scored um back in the day with this setting. And, uh, you know, as as I think even Balric and Tom and most people that I know, uh, the vast majority of people are scoring uh, nothing on this. Yeah, absolutely. Reasonable. uh, And, you know, I (laughs) would really not think twice about this. Um, So I'll move swiftly on. The only thing I would say to those people who have picked up marks, have you got your degree transcript? Because you will need to upload that evidence. Do not leave it till... The week before or two weeks before to contact your university go get that transcript now and put it in your evidence folder for you to be ready to upload in January uh when it comes through um yeah
1: now, yeah so, so some uh, just a, a a few a few questions so uh, people talking about uh, MRC GP yes that uh can can count that's okay. sort of one point in the uh things if you've done it and something separate to MRCP it's not relevant to your current application then yes that counts um and then yeah as far as i'm aware um and i will try and check this through the morning integrated masters the same as integrated bscs i don't think they uh i don't think they count but i will try and clarify i think most people uh agree they don't count
0: yeah i mean uh, they've been explicit about the masters you get from oxbridge uh not counting so (laughs) that's a whole a different conversation but it uh, doesn't count here um, yeah no i see that point about gp written here so that's a good good point to mention if anyone has that um and again unfortunately if anyone is doing uh, a master's separately but you have not completed it does not count uh again don't worry about it because that's just the way it is and it's something which will score you points when you come to interview as in it, i think it'll impress the examiner so don't worry if it's not scoring you these post-grad section points Again, not much more I wanna say on this topic because I think there's not much you can do. Right, um, let's go through to additional. So uh, this is the additional section. And in fact, let's go to this slide here. I have put a star here because I think this is a section where many people can pick up points if they you know, give it a bit of thought. So let's start the polling, uh, Sharma, for this question again uh Baric, how do you want to do the, the yeah use? so
1: what what why don't we do uh zero for zero points uh one for one point two for oh sorry <laughs> if you if you oh they have actually launched poll with zero as an option yeah oh fantastic got zero.
0: great so zero one two three and there should be no one scoring four here um I will take the person who scored themselves four to actually mean three uh because there is no four points available now whilst people are putting their scores in the reason i put a star here is because of the language used in uh, that top top 3 out of 3 section okay if you have scored more than 18% of the year um sorry if you're in the top 18% of the year um it, then then you can uh claim three points in this section and that is such a weird boundary to that I'm not sure if I knew where I sat when I completed my MBBS uh, and so you know I guess you'd remember it if you were in the top one percent I guess you'd remember it if you were in the bottom one percent um but you know top 18 percent were you in that you know technically speaking about 18 percent of this room so there should be about 40 people in the room now who should be scoring, 3 out of 3 just based uh, on 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 that and so um if you got an honors distinction which meant you were in the top 18% you should get marks in this section um so have a look through your transcripts have a look if you got a ranking um in that and if you think there's any sort of discrepancy about it then all you need is a letter from your university now um i'm just reading this language again
1: and um, so for the, for this i would i would just say so people who are unsure whether something counts or not i think medics are awful at underselling um, underselling themselves so if you think it might count then i would absolutely claim for those points and they they will come they the uh the admin team will come back to you and say yes or no um but you won't get pulled up for probity because for example i think someone said here national scholarships. Does that count as a, a being awarded a national scholarship? Is that the same as a national prize? I mean, I, I think you've actually been selected for, you've gone through a selection prize-winning process to get that national scholarship, whether it's a prize or the actual name is a prize or a scholarship. I think it's the same uh, same thing. So I think that would count. In terms of our high achievement goals, so just be clear, the th- score three is for what you've done, honours or distinction on your final medical degree. Um, and that's for being the top 20% of your year group. At the, end of your, uh, at, at the end of your primary medical degree. So it's MBBS with honours, MBBS with distinction. Uh, and again, you can always go back and ask for university, what was yeah. that top 18%? And could you provide a letter showing this uh, and then try and claim? Uh, the other part, though, is one most people for any one random module of med school would have been uh, in the top 20% and been awarded a, uh, a merit yeah. uh, or distinction. So if you might not even remember it, but like, I think I've got the merits for various things, but the ones people forget about is SSC merits and things like that. I mean, they absolutely count as well, or SSM special study module merits. Uh, so a lot of people forget about some of the things they've got, and it's an easy point just to dig out your old
0: uh, modules. Yeah, I think those point, two points and one point are, again, so vague that you really should go through everything you've done in the last, uh, you know, undergraduate and postgraduate degree to think, is there something that might meet one of these criteria? Because you may well have won a poster prize at some national geriatrics training day or something like that, which you had really written off. So anything that's open nationally, um, you know, and you've got a prize in, then that counts for two marks. And, And as Balric was saying, many of us you know did well in one section of of our medical degree um whether that's your ssc whether that's you know biochemistry section in year one whatever go through all your transcripts and find out does that apply to you because you can pick up an extra mark here if that is the case just for being thorough and looking through everything now you may score zero absolutely fine you know i think many people may still score zero in this section but it's worth looking now in last year and the year before, the thing the people who I think got caught up in this a lot were international graduates because they were not sure of how to get hold of that those transcripts. I can't give any specific advice on that. But what I would say is really start this ball rolling sooner rather than later. So contact your old university, um, get hold of your transcripts, find out where you rank and then get letters of evidence from the administration office to say you ranked in the top. 18% so you know go back and get that and start that process now uh, rather than leaving it to that section and similarly um, if you think you scored well in one year versus another a university should have should hold on to that information um, as part of their records. so you know I think there are points to grab in this section. Uh, can um, you make this? Yeah.
1: Just, just to be very clear so the uh, points scores one and three do count uh, are only talking about your uh, quite a few questions about does this count just your medical degree, yes this is purely to do with your medical degree. Uh, so yeah, you can't reclaim for things that you've done post, post medicine. Um, and then point two is for prizes that you've, you could have done it during medical degree or after your medical degree. Uh, it's very, very, very very clear about that. So, um, yeah, any, anything. And, and our final question about runner up prizes. Yeah, actually I did. So I think I got runner up for, um, the RSM Student Research Prize. And I said, this is a national, I've been awarded a national prize. Uh, and they, they
0: said, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, people have put their scores in, we've got a good, good amount of spread, uh, which is what you'd expect for, for this stage. But I do hope that there are some people in the room who are on a zero or a one, who can look through their transcripts and see if they did, uh, you know, come a, a runner up in a competition, uh, national competition who, who may, maybe they you know, did very well in year two of of medicine and can bump themselves up uh, a, a point or two so really after this meeting uh, this workshop do take the time to look through your information and see if you can pick up any um, additional marks in this section great so we'll finish that poll Right. And so now the thing that we've spoken about a little bit in previous years, MRCP got you nothing. But for lucky you, uh, it now counts for eight, up to eight points. And this is the scoring grid for it. So, um, again, before we launch the poll, um, Balric, do you want to agree on a way to score? Uh, yes. I have <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no, ed- the... edited
2: it to have all eight so people can answer.
0: Amazing. Thank you. That's a, a very helpful, Sashi. Um, so, you know, pop your scores in here. And again, this is a very binary uh, outcome, so I'm not going to give this section as long as the others uh, because you you either have or haven't uh, yeah. passed, passed your faces. So we'll cl- keep this poll open for another 10 seconds and then we'll finish it. And again, there's no star next to this title because I don't think there's... Uh, Many points up for grabs. There may be a handful of you who are doing your paces or have done your paces um in the last week or two, in which case, you know, you may get your result uh before December, uh the seventh, the I think it was. Um, in which case there is something for you guys to think about, but you know, nothing more that I think you need to spend time on.
1: So for most most people, most people, uh, nine and ten, ninety percent of people have got paces here uh done Uh, and yeah the the other answer to one question as long as you passed your paces and you can get the letter that shows you passed your paces you don't necessarily need to have the certificate
0: yeah and and as balrick said for any anyone to take up a number you need to have passed it by april there's something so um that that needs to happen as a separate point but that's a binary you're fit for practice you're not fit for practice rather than something that counts towards your application score so great yeah well done to uh the 80% of you for the others absolutely don't worry as as we said there's, there's not there's not a huge uh, sort of unsurmountable number of points available in any one section that I think if you don't score points in this section you will really struggle uh, it, it's a matter of, uh, of of all of relativity so if you haven't got your paces think about which sections can you score well in or have you scored well in uh to going forward so great let's uh stop showing that
1: of interest now that it's back um it's interesting to give you six points passing paces but not part two and two points passing part two but not yet paces people might start switching their order of doing things
0: yeah yeah Move on. (laughs) cool so um presentations and posters and again this is something that i I have put a star next to um now first of all i just want to get everyone's opinion without going into too much detail about this the, the, the where i think the additional bonus points can be picked up in this section um but so based on just what you would have scored yourself yesterday uh what do people score here uh, sashi if you're able to launch the poll again use the raw numbers i believe on the poll to correlate with the raw numbers available here so again we should get no sixes we should have no fours no threes and no ones um how many points are people picking up so i'll just read through what's written here um, seven out of seven is oral presentation in which you're the first or second author which is interesting, uh, given at a national or international medical meeting. Um, five is for a poster with those same caveats. Uh, five is also that you presented an oral poster at a regional meeting. Uh, sorry, oral presentation at a regional meeting. Um, and two is for an oral poster at a local meeting. Um, and we can go into that in a little bit more, but I think there are points to grab in this section. Right, let's give it another 10 seconds so we can start digging into this. So please, if you have not put your answers in, uh, please put them in. Five, four, three, two, one. Great, let's end that. Great, so looking at the scores here, we have got the majority of people either scoring a five or seven, which is is fantastic. And I think that's what we should all be aiming for in in this section Um, because language here is really generous if you really dig in um, and think about it firstly I want to draw your attention to uh, the second authorship status for presentations so there may have been a situation where you contributed to a piece of work and your consultant or your registrar may have presented it and there has been no official recognition of who the second author is if you can get that confirmed um then that would potentially be worth seven marks for you if it was presented at a national meeting so let's say for example i gave an oral presentation at uh, the british cardiology society so that's a national meeting i guess actually it's international because you have international um, attendees but either way that doesn't score me an extra marks by it being international um then uh you know i i work on a project with a number of um, fellows and Quite easily one of those fellows could be the second author on that oral presentation but it may not appear on those slides they may be uh, may, may, maybe that name did not feature because i didn't feature any any other authors on it but um often there is an abstract that would have been submitted where you may be the second author or often if that is not even done in the case you may be able to approach the senior author um, to confirm that you were second author on this piece of work um, and, and use that as your, your evidence if that was the case. Now, the other point that I want to draw people's attention to is the third option here. So the score of five but the second one. So the oral presentation in which you were first or second author at a regional medical meeting now often uh universities which are you know cover a, a region so let's say kings which which i went to covers guys kings and thomas's which is a, a, a region run their own internal meetings and if you gave an oral presentation there um then then that uh you know medical training region then that counts for five marks and again The the tough thing is at those times, you don't often think about keeping a record of the programme which stated it or evidence. So you may need to go back to the person who organised that meeting and get that confirmation if it was a a regional meeting in itself. But really, again, think hard about the presentations you have given whilst at medical school, whilst at postgraduate. Um, Is it regional? Uh, could it get you five marks and thinking about the seven marks are there projects where you have been second author on and not really been involved apart from the data collection but that work has gone on to be presented somewhere uh, is it worth chasing up your registrar to say what did they submit as second authorship because there are points on the table here in the nuances and in the detail that you really should be giving um, attention to now Ballard, yeah you go ahead before I, I say more um
1: so yeah i was going to say i think the all I think for anyone who hasn't scored here, an oral presentation at a regional meeting is, if you haven't done it already, very achievable. There are other things, so regional medical meetings. Yep. Be, for example, I'm, I'll talk about this more in the cardiology breakout room. But, you know, it's something like you know, we have primary primary care trusts uh, that actually do regional medical meetings, and we have actually a London heart failure, uh, London heart failure meeting that happens every month then you can present a presentation you can try and get a presentation accepted to present there and that's something that actually can be done in the next six weeks if you try yeah. hard so if you're at zero here or two actually three extra points is quite a lot So and it's not too much work to get these points so really think hard um the other lots of questions coming through just to get them post there's a difference between and a presentation regardless of whether the poster you didn't all presentation alongside it it's really about the wording so if you can get something saying that you've done an oral presentation it's an oral presentation if it's a poster it's a poster and they're going to be fairly binary about that um can you if you've got a prize for this um can you claim another section yes uh, this is a presentation if you've got for example say if i my oral presentation i gave for my student research prize yeah that's an oral presentation and then i've also got a prize uh with it so that's absolutely fine you can This can be claimed elsewhere if there's a separate prize that's associated with it um and the other thing to say second authorship is for presentations not that um a lot of registrars or consultants who are presenting work that research that you might have presented or anything you might have been involved in if you ask them would you mind if i get put up the order list as second author um just for my my application most of them won't mind too much because For well, registrars, when you get to registrar level, being second author, a third author, a fourth author on a oral presentation doesn't really change much for our CV. So if someone, the CMT said, oh, if an IMT said, oh, can I be second author? And I was second author. Well, that's absolutely fine. No worries. Um, so it should be a bit bit imaginative. I mean, you yeah, might have to go out there a bit, but very, very achievable. Um, and as you see, seven points, oral presentation, second author. Um, you know, if you've done a lot of work towards a project, there might be a justification to get yourself on you know, a second author, even if you don't necessarily go and give the presentation. Uh, yeah. So registrars like Nick and I, that are doing PhDs, are probably uh, good people to approach if you know any that are giving uh, presentations anytime soon.
0: So on on the uh, website uh, for, for the JLCP, I think this is the, the HEE website, um, it talks about what is a presentation, what is a poster, and actually posters can be shown... Uh, a poster is a poster which is there without an accompanying oral presentation so that's what they've written in their language and when it talks about presentation it says presentations need to be an oral presentation with or without slides it needs to be in front of an audience and there needs to be time for Q&A. So if you have a program where you're mo- you have a moderated poster where you've given a presentation, um, if you can get the appropriate documentation from that meeting to demonstrate that, then you know you could potentially bump yourself from a five to a seven. And as Barak was saying, consultants very often give um, you know meetings, presentations at meetings without junior doctors really knowing about it. And so have a real think about which consultants are you friendly with who is give, who, who may be giving a presentation what have you ever heard and is there something you can do to help that consultant perhaps put together their slides for it put together uh, some data to collect for it to potentially get you as, as, as a second author onto that presentation so it's about being a little bit imaginative uh, to get the necessary documentation because you are what the documentation and the program says so you know, if you can refine the evidence by doing things like that, there are imaginative ways where you can get these seven marks um, up for the grabs. There are also many presentations and posters that were cancelled during COVID. And they've written some uh, in the FAQ section, they, they've written some information about what, what, what you can do there. And again, if, if you were due to give a poster or a presentation, um, but it was cancelled due to the COVID outbreak, you can still claim points for that. And so that even counts for second authorship. But you could technically be second author on a presentation that was never given and get seven marks for it so you know, really think about what evidence you can produce to demonstrate that you were uh, meeting the criteria for for these seven points so and,
1: oh, one, i just want to add one final thing. the so so just fling through a version someone said about um virtual yeah absolutely in today's day and age lots of things are virtual so it can it can be virtual um and yes the other thing to think about, I don't think anyone's asked this, but actually, this, this doesn't have to be research, by the way. This can be a quip or something else that you've presented. It's, they've actually just said it's an oral presentation or a post presentation, uh, so it doesn't have to be research you've been involved with. This can just be your local and um, thoroughbred prophylaxis bit.
0: Yeah, and it says, it says again in the FAQ section on the Ph recruitment website what is a medical meeting? It's it's it, and again I'll read it straight from there. Typically, this will be an audience of doctors and or other healthcare professionals attending away from their normal place of work, for which attendees will be undertaking CPD. Um, the exception to this is a local meeting where the audience is predominantly internal to that workplace. So I guess what that means is that if you present something at your local M M&M, and M, that won't get you the marks in this section. But if you uh, go to uh, you know participating in a presentation to a primary care trust. Um, then then that is often done at a, a general site for multiple GPS to attend. Um, and that could count as, as a regional uh, meeting. So really think hard about how you can get these extra points because you know, seven points, five points here, are up for grabs based on work you've already done and if not this is the section that I would work on if I was only scoring a zero or a two in this section um, over the next uh, six weeks and again when you go into your specialty specific breakout rooms or when you have your one-to-one clinics if you have any ideas feel free to discuss them with your your faculty leads in there.
1: I'll just put put one idea forward though if you haven't if you we'll talk about in a second and I won't steal next time but if you haven't done your quip and you do a quip and you present it national uh, at, at a um at a, at a meeting then you've got a lot of points now over the next six weeks so uh just think about what you can do that crosses
0: uh crosses little uh, crosses sections that's smart that's the smart yeah. thinking that got balrick where he is so you know <laughs> think about how you can, yeah combine these things great well done see um, research project <laughs> <laughs> Right, um, so moving on to uh, publications. So again, let's open the polls up for this. Um, as you'll see, there's no star here. The person who, or the people, sorry, the committee, I'm sure, who were who, uh, deciding where you score marks, your application form felt this still deserved eight out of eight points. No one should mess with that. So I, I suspect the people who've become TPDs, who become leads, who, who design these sort of things, Probably do have a bit of an academic skew. Again, this is complete conjecture, but I suspect they are academically minded because they're you know very capable, multiple hands in many different pots, and so see the value in publication. And so that's why I have kept it at a hundred percent of what it was in twenty twenty two. So, um, actually, looking at the scoring criteria and the language they use there, first author or joint first author um is, is is will get you eight marks and again uh i i appreciate there's not enough time probably to whip out something like this for six weeks but we did have a lot of imt2s in the room Um, and this may be an opportunity for you uh, if you have not uh, already scored high marks to think can i get first author great very valuable intention but if perhaps you think that's you don't have the time to come up with some first author original research. Can you do a lot of the heavy lifting for your registrar to get joint first authorship? Because that costs the first author, nothing. Uh, They will still be first author and you will potentially be able to be joint first author for doing a, a, a large amount of the data collection, write up whatever the work is needed to make that significant contribution. So I think, you know, a very useful piece of language to bear in mind if you're an imt2 i think this section is probably tough to, to build on if you have not already you know scored whatever you've scored by now um let's end the poll and then we'll dig in a little bit more into the language uh we have uh, actually a, a surprisingly good number of people scoring eight uh which is you know imp- impressive um so that means one or more pubmed cited original research publications that could be published or in press so for that in terms of evidence you need to have uh, the pubmed id uh, of of the documentation uh, for it and pubmed are usually quite good now turning around those ids so you should be able to get hold of it even if you submitted in the last couple of well it's been accepted in the last couple of months um so yeah well done to those of you who are scoring eight but again if you're individual scoring six five three Or one or zero, absolutely fine. I think this is again a section which I would not lose sleep over. It is what you scored. um, And, and, you know, tough to change this one. You know, it's not like the presentation section where there is that language ambiguity. They are quite clear in the language they use that it has to be PubMed cited, um, uh, a PubMed cited uh, publication. And unfortunately, the turnaround times for publications is, you know, painfully long. Um in most journals. So, you know, this is a, a three, six month process, even after submission for, for many of them. So it is what it is. Um, Baruch, anything more to say on publications? Um, no,
1: <clears throat> again, it's a lot of work for uh, you know, for example, like the things that you can uh, an absolute push put forward to a, a lower-tier journal, turnaround, maybe a case report, even that isn't a push to get done in six, six weeks. So these are kind of things that normally have prepared about a year in advance um so they're quite quite difficult um to, yeah they're very clear about pubmed cited i think um uh look at that and then obviously yeah i think <laughs> the, uh, this is talking about predatory journals um yeah there are uh, there are many journals out there that uh, that you can pay to publish but if they're not pubmed cited there they won't count for you so it's so important to make sure that the journal you're actually going for is uh, on PubMed. Um, Yeah. Uh, And how do you know you're a joint first author or second author? Um, So there is something in research for joint first author. So it will star the second name to say these people are joint first author. Otherwise, if not, then you're a second author, which is the second person. If not, you're then um, just an author.
0: That needs to be clarified before submission, though. So it's not it's not as as uh, vague as a presentation, right? So that that needs to be on submission to the journal have been declared. So it's tough to go back and retrospectively add that on. Yeah, if if you are joint first author,
1: it will say so and so and so and so are recognised as joint first authors, and it will say that in the PDF or paper print copy. As almost a very time. specific thing oh great michael's michael's one of, yeah reviews reviews do as original research
0: great um so let's move on um teaching right so this is a section which uh I, let me just flip back i can't remember if they've downgraded this points available for teaching uh, did they yeah i, th- I thought they did Teaching, no, teaching is still six. It's the training and teaching, which has been downgraded a little bit. So teaching is still six points up for grabs. So of course, whoever did the TPD programme, uh, the TPDs in the committee do think teaching is important, as you would expect, and haven't downgraded that. What they have uh, been very clear on is the language they use for what scores each of the individual sections. So um, have a look at these, and we'll talk through them um, uh, whilst you score yourself. So let's say for, um, oh, you've got all the options. I forgot that, yeah.
1: sorry i'm just uh plugging my laptop Uh, running out of battery
0: Great. Right. Um, is my screen stopped sharing, or is it is it still there?
1: Uh, I think it stopped sharing.
0: Yeah, let me just reshare it then. Right, uh, back to it. Right, let's end this poll. Yeah, so that's good. We've got a good distribution with a large number of people scoring six. I think people are doing very well in, in these sections now because um, it, people have known for a couple of years now what you need to do to, to score these marks. So... I think that the thing I want to really emphasize here is the the ph recruitment is very clear that you need to have very specific documentation to prove you've done this so you know having the idea that oh yeah in my f1 year I taught medical students for three months therefore I'll get the marks is not good enough anymore okay you need to have a letter from your tutor to say that you have Designed this teaching program uh, with 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 them, uh, to, for, and it was over a period of time of more than six three months. So, you know, a, a program. Documentation that you made on a PDF or even some emails does not count anymore. It has to be a letter from your tutor, as well as that you need to have proof of feedback. So copies of your feedback forms um, or a signed-off summary of your feedback, or have completed this document called the Developing the Clinical Teacher Form. You may have come across it. I never came across it when I was training. I think it's a new thing, and that needs to be signed off by a, a tutor as well. So the, the the advantage of us talking about this today is that um if you have not done any of that you are you know ahead of the game and have got the three weeks here plus the, the four or five weeks of the application window to chase up your f1 your f2 your imt1 imt2 whenever you did this teaching program to get those marks so even if everyone here who's put six which is you know 70 of the room um think they've got six it doesn't count unless you have the evidence for it so make sure you have a strategy to do that and i hope you left things on good terms with that tutor if you need to go back and get that information um the the, the uh
1: developing a clinical teacher or teaching observation form is actually relatively simple and i think to make your lives as easy as possible the admin team that actually ratify your achievements if you've done exactly the form that they've said they want then it's all very easy and you don't they don't have to think too much and you don't have to think too much if you start putting forward different like feedback sheets and uh things like that that aren't necessarily what they want then they'll have to just go through it in a bit more detail which is fine but where they put use the developing clinical teacher or teaching observation form definitely just use it it's so easy to fill out
0: yeah. it's a no-brainer I think and, and even for, for three marks in this section, if you were involved in a teaching program, which many of you uh, may have been forced to as part of your foundation, year training to, to do bedside teaching, what you need to do is get hold of a, a letter recognizing your significant contribution. Now, the language here is very specific. So my advice to you is if you're ever trying to chase these sort of letters from consultants, um, pre-draft the whole thing. Okay, and and ask them if they would, uh, you know, are willing to to sign off on this document recognizing X in the email. So really make your tutor or ex-tutors life as easy as possible. So all they need to do is add their e-signature, ping it back to you, done. OK, if you're asking them to go back, reflect on the dates, identify the name of the course that you taught on, um, you know, many of them might not even remember you. But if I was sent something by a name I vaguely remembered and I vaguely thought that they were involved in a teaching program and they said, all you have to do is e-sign on this. And I have put all the data there. you know, I'd, I'd like to think I probably would err on the side of. Uh, generosity and, and sign that off, and just you know, yeah. ping it back. And and as far as you're concerned, you've got the documentation you need, so um it's worth asking. Sometimes they may uh, an to may come back and say, "Oh, actually, I don't believe you made a significant enough contribution." I I think that's very rare, and I really don't think that sort of anxiety or fear should stop you from trying uh, to, to to get this. If you if you um, or if you made a significant contribution or not.
1: You yes, so Nada uh, so had a hand up. No. Of,
2: actually, okay. I have a couple of questions. Um, so I'm planning to apply through the alternative certificate of competencies because I'm not a UK trainee. Um, and one of the questions that I would like to ask is, given that I've been working and um, doing my training in a different country before coming to the UK, um, does Publications in any international uh, journal, like um, but not PubMed cited, um, does it count and where can I include it? I mean, um, obviously, um, I do have publications and there are peer reviewed journals and internationally, but I, I, I don't know if it's fair to score zero on that, um, on, the, on the options. And my other question was. Um, no,
0: no, let's just we'll take that one at a time, okay. just so you um, understand. The understanding, they're very clear about the PubMed ID side of it, and I think you raised an interesting point about fairness. And you know, unfortunately, I I think if there are issues about fair and unfair, it's it's tough to bring them up at this stage because, it, of course, a huge amount of work goes into producing any piece of research, and I think for uh, Balric or Tom or anyone else feel free to challenge me on this but I think you wouldn't score the marks in the publication section if it was not PubMed ID'd but when it came to interview I would definitely bring it up there the work that you did and the outcomes of it and the results of it and you know any different aspects of it because you will be able to prove commitment to specialty academic prowess all the skills necessary in your interview and score more marks than you will in the publication section of of, of this application score uh, in terms of your overall score so You know, I I would probably, I I would say it wouldn't count if it doesn't have a PubMed ID. They're black and white, and that's explicitly been put in each of the boxes here.
2: Uh, Doesn't that affect my scoring to get to the interview?
0: Yes, it does. And I think that's, again, a black and white thing uh, that's the circumstance they're in. But I don't see uh, them changing the language of this document now before... Um, April. And so what, what I what I was saying at the start is, that's the way that they that is the challenge that they have set out. And fairness is, is a very, very valid point. But to make changes like that to recognize non PubMed ID papers, I think will take a couple of years of conversation with TPDs and committees. And so unfortunately, that is something that would not count towards points for April 2023. But like I said, in the interview, it, it will score you points. So the hope is that you will score enough points through the other sections of the application form score to get yourself into interview and then you can present that information.
1: Um, guys, just to help, just to help things uh, move up, I was just thinking we're probably a little bit strapped for time. I do want to make sure we do the breakout rooms as well. So we'll just, me and Nick, um will come after the call and we'll take all, uh, all of these questions people want to do with it we're happy to stay until all the questions are answered. Um, but otherwise we'll keep the questions to the chat moment because actually we've got all our leads uh, taking up the questions in the chat, uh, which just makes things flow a bit easier. Um, the final question was about, uh, uh, there's some question coming up about teaching and if you've organised it but not uh, but not taught on it. You know, realistically, I think, you know, when I've organised teaching programmes where the consultant's been teaching, I've often also been doing a bit of the teaching on each session. So you introduce the consultant, you talk through some of the background, and at the end you facilitate the Q and A. actually, you're as much the teacher there. Really, the teacher doesn't have to be one delivering. I don't think necessarily delivering the all of it, as long as you've delivered some of it in each of the sessions that you've organised. Then I think that's uh, relevant. So just have a think about. Don't doubt. Don't dismiss what teaching you have done uh, when you organise a teaching program.
0: Yeah, I mean, the language is clear. It says you need to have a certificate or a letter of recognition of your contribution. Okay, so if you can get hold of that, then that is sufficient to score you the marks that you need so you're only as official as your documentation so um, really think about where you can go to get the necessary documentation to to prove that if you if you have invested in that work so I do think there are points available for teaching just because a lot of us have provided teaching um, as part of a bedside teaching program teaching the medical students program when we're foundation doctors even when you're an undergraduate Um, I don't know if that counts actually yeah as it it does because you can have taught medical students um, and so maybe when you were a medical student uh, you were involved in OSCE teaching and so if you did do that for a period of six months perhaps you're involved in the medical education committee can you go back and score those points so again like the presentation section I think it's about being imaginative and really going through your your own work with a needle with a fine-toothed comb uh, to really figure out where you can potentially pick up these Because I think there are points to grab in this teaching section if you are generous to yourself. Uh, we've got a couple more sections to go, so as Barrett said, we'll, we'll keep moving through. Please keep your questions coming here in the chat. Uh, you know, I, I love to take those personal questions, but we'll do that right at the end. Um, training and teaching. Again, let's launch the poll. Three marks up to grabs here, less than before. Uh, again, I think they've changed this section because they don't anymore give you um uh points for I think for the for, for the PG cert. Oh no, they they do they give you two marks for the PG cert. Okay. Um so so they, they are very clear, you know, of of what you score points. And I, I think it's a bit of a shame that actually, if you've gone through the effort of getting a, a master's in teaching, you only get three points, but um this is this is what they do I th- oh, what they have removed here is the teach the teacher
1: course. yeah that was the, uh, that, was, that was the that was that was that was a winner wasn't it because you can get like you know a fair chunk of marks here for just going on the two-day teach the teacher course and some teach the teacher. And, and 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 something more because it's over two days so you have to do that plus something else small um so you I actually did teach the teacher and train the teacher which is a half, <laughs> two and a half days in total but um yeah i think that's what they've uh, unfortunately been. yeah they, they, they formalize this a bit more in this section
0: yeah yeah so yeah there were a lot of questions in previous years about what counts uh for that they've uh you know i guess it's clearer for people you know i mean they mean they mean people score lower i know i certainly would have scored none of these points well um, I, say,
1: I just say for anyone scoring zero so i've had training and teaching methods which is below the level of a pg cert or um diploma yeah. uh then, well, actually, for the for the for the train for the training and teaching, this is additional training. Training ret- receives part of your primary medical qualification. Most foundation schools now do mandate uh, teach the teacher courses or some kind of teaching and teaching. Um, so most people, if they've come through foundations, will should score at least one for this.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, yeah, But again, you need to have the documentation for that, that you have done something like that to, to uh, be able to claim those points. So let's end that poll. Uh, as you said, Balric, many people here scoring one mark uh, for that reason. And I think that's very fair. And I think for the people who scored zero, in light of what Balric said, is there a chance that you have now on second thoughts been to some teacher training program that's beyond your medical degree uh, that you can think about. So again, go through your documentation. You may well passively have been to a teaching course as organised by your deanery um, and can now uh, get score marks for it. Again, uh, maybe the section does need a star because maybe there is a point there that people can grab. So um, I, think, I think there is
1: an easy point. I think there's quite a lot of teaching and teaching uh, out there, so I think most people should be able to get themselves to uh, to to one for us. To to, uh, to to a one for this uh in the note just says this should be additional to any training received as part of your primary medical degree so you know i think there's a lot of online teaching uh yeah. options out
0: there and i'm moving got, on to
1: both of you in a cardiology breakout room for us
0: yeah um, I'm now going to move on to Balric in my uh, favourites uh, section because I think there's so many points up to grabs here. Uh, five now, I, I think again, I think that's less than previous years because, yeah, yeah this was a, a really good section because Balric mentioned if you do a good QI project, um, if you do a good audit, you just do that good audit again, and you've got your QI project, and then if you present that audit at a reg- uh, QI project, sorry, at a regional meeting. Uh, you scored five marks on the posters and publication section, so.
1: So actually, me, me whilst this poll's running, me and Nick actually met again at, at F1s uh, at the International Patient Safety Conference in, in London, and I yeah. had my te- I had my TED's audit, and he had his ECG audit. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, really
0: rinsed those dry. Ch- yeah. Changed practice at Tunbridge Wells Hospital.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah that's... Such easy marks.
0: Yeah, so, you know, QI is is the section where I think many trainees now score well in because they're, very, they're savvy with it. And again, you know, don't hold me accountable to the question of, is QI a worthy use of our time? Is QI yeah. a box and a waste of everyone's time? Take that debate to Twitter or wherever you want to have it. That is not, you know, what we're here to discuss. The rules are set out for us. We're just playing the game according to the rules. So um, I I do think, most people here should be aiming for five right because there is enough time between now and december for you to be able to pull off a two-rounded audit uh, and and present it there um so i i do think these points are up for grabs uh, for people but let's let's first end the poll see where everyone stands and then we can talk about that in more detail so 70% Seventy percent of people, you know, have, have got five marks here. So great. So make sure you've got the documentation for it, and by documentation, I mean the QIPAT form. Okay, take a look at that. I think it's in your e-portfolio. Um, it's that the the uh, the recruitment board are very clear. This is what they want to see: your evidence that you've done a QI project. I mean, if anything, I think the Quip app form makes it so easy to prove because all you need is, is a consultant that you worked with to just sign off on the document that you, you've pre-filled. So, you know, very straightforward is to get the documentation to prove you're a five out of five candidate in this section. And I think. For any individuals uh, who, who perhaps have lost points in the other sections, in the publication section, this is where I would be focusing your efforts. And I think, you know, especially for international graduates, um, sorry, and people who've worked abroad, they may not have had the emphasis on QI as much as the UK puts on it. So uh, you yeah, really have a look at this section and we'll go through it in the breakout rooms. But I think these are points up for grabs. Barak, anything more to say on that?
1: Yeah, there are just some reports, uh four versus five in terms of uh, super supervising uh, other mem- other members of the team. Um, and what, what would I do? I'd probably do, I'd probably make it clear on the Quip app form that I'd supervised other members of the team, even if that was just my, say there's just two of us, two F1s doing a project. I could say I supervised him and vice versa on that. Um, that's what I'd probably think about doing. Um, and you can always get a separate letter from, uh, you know, one of the registrars or audit department saying, that, confirming that you've done this audit and that you supervise this person uh, as part of the team. as
0: uh, part of the project delivery, you know, you may be implementing a change in ECG labelling for me, in which case I, I was supervising if you want to you know really call it that which i would use that term very loosely uh, the nursing staff who do the ecgs and you may have been for head stockings working with the hcas or nurses who put TED stockings on so that's project delivery because the qi is not just the measurement of the data it's the implementation of change so if you have worked with other people to implement a change that in my eyes would count as that supervised advisory role
1: yeah, as, 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 as a very fair point. Actually, it's actually supervising the members of members of people implementing members of the teams implementing the change, uh, which I think is very relevant.
0: Um, so a few questions. As well, about um about the points for presenting it. I think absolutely. If you then present it at a local meeting, and you don't have anything higher scoring than that in your presentation section, then yes, definitely count it as that as well. Yeah, yeah. That that's why QI is a. Uh, you know, real points goal mine if you haven't already uh, scored them because it can double up uh, in that section. And then if you go on to publish it, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> three birds <laughs> <versus laughs> one ECG project. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, we we joke. But uh, this is the the QI Quipat form. Um, I don't think you'll be able to click on that link, but if you just type in JRCPTB Quipat tool, uh, this is it. Again, like I said, when you're sending something for someone a consultant to sign really make their life as easy as possible pre-fill as much of it as possible and point like 10 arrows to where their signature is needed which is in that little box uh, you're done right so make their life as easy to make your life easy um so yeah I, i'm not really going to dwell more on qi because i think you've all all done a lot of it and we'll talk about it a lot more in the in the breakout rooms if anyone needs any ideas or something but um use the tool to, to score the marks for it I mean, the tool is very, very, very generous in terms of how much evidence you really need to put in there. Uh, it's really the assessor's signature that the the uh, examining board will be looking for. They're not a sec- they don't care hugely if your QI project is valid or, uh, you know, if, if it meets their standard, it's, it's your assessor's uh, standard that I think is important here.
1: But it's some que- question Question on previous QIP that didn't have a Quip app form. I'm sure you can fi- fill in a Quip app form now um and just still send it to the same assessor that you had in f2 um through your e-portfolio so i just um i mean if you, as, as Nick was saying just try as where where possible try and use the quip app form it can be filled in uh there's no particular time
0: limit on the quip app so
1: just use it if you can
0: agree yeah yeah uh fine so we're coming to the tail end of the application form uh, sections we're looking at leadership now um again I I didn't put a little star on this section um but maybe there deserves to be one uh, so why don't we launch the um launch the poll here whilst we talk through it uh, for the sake of time um four marks available here again, I think that's less than before um but the, the the things I want to sort of emphasize here are the language that they use. So for the four marks I think it is quite tough. to to, to get that because they really are looking for your role in a national board and again I think this is where a lot of the questions go uh especially in the later sections where people are asking does this count does that count tough tough to say but I think you know we really have the information that's available here and if there is any doubt um there are two different strategies you can employ uh which I'll come to in, in in a second but have a look at this now uh and let's see where people score so I'll give it another 10 seconds um and they, they, you're right they have reduced it from uh from six last yeah time. so i think the big difference between a four and a two is national slash regional versus local i think the thing that i i, I want to emphasize here is that you can also score points for being a non-medical leader um, and they recognize that if you're part of scouts uh sports creative arts at a national level um you know even a charity then that counts um so you know you you, again a leader does not have to be an individual uh you know ceo it can be part of a leading committee of a charity of a sports group uh so you know i I think if you are involved in anything at a national level if you've done anything at a national level really think hard were you in a leadership role there um so let's end this poll and and it's it's good to see that about a quarter of people are picking up those national slash regional uh points here um Mm -hmm. And with with a fifty percent of people picking up at two for being a local leader, which is great. So what I was saying before, in terms of proving whether you're a leader or not, what I would say is try and get some evidence for it. Um, this I think we this form was for a local uh, leadership group because uh, in my hospital I was involved in uh, the hospital at night working group. And I emailed the workforce productivity manager, which is about as ambiguous as the group itself. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, again, I had weeks, weeks before my my deadline, I uh, submitted a request for proof. uh, Can they recognize my work? And often the workforce productivity manager is very happy to recognize someone's work. Um, And so, you know, think about interesting ways that you can go and get that evidence that you we're part of a leadership committee at whatever level you're looking for whether it's regional national and think about who it is that you can email to get that proof and very often that isn't necessarily emailing the medical director who also is on that committee it can often be the the administrative individual responsible for that and you may feel more comfortable um, approaching them for that evidence and you would need to provide evidence of the minutes or your attendance or you know wh- what you did if they don't remember you as an individual but uh, often they they are willing to recognize that and secondly if there is any ambiguity uh, you can contact uh, JSA CPTB for individual questions and that's something that applies to all the sections we've spoken about so far Okay, so we will give our opinions, but they only, you know, will, will of course, convey a certain amount of confidence. And I think one of the advantages of us having this meeting now is that you have an individual who's responsible for answering emails from trainees who are applying for SD4. And in three weeks time, their job will get incredibly busy because every single applicant will consider Asking, does this count? Does that count? Right now, they're in a bit of a lull where they do not have uh, as much work on their plate. So, if you do need things clarified now, could be a good time to to reach out to them. So, reach out to the leadership committees you were on, um, and secondly, reach out to the JRCPTB if you have any doubt. Right, that's the section so far. Balric, I'm going to talk a little bit about their commitment to specialty, uh, but we're, we're we're doing all right for time actually. Uh, anything you want to say at the moment? Um no, it's, I I think I think the, the leadership stuff's very gettable. Yeah, fine. So commitment to specialty. Um now this is something just, just fo- focus a little bit for the next 15 seconds so you understand this because this is a tough thing to get your head around. Commitment to specialty is something that every st4 applicant is assessed on. Okay. If you're a cardiology applicant or a respiratory applicant, this is only assessed at interview. Okay, so you do not need to prove commitment to specialty in an objective measurable way in your application form of course it will come through when you talk about the quick qi projects you've done the publications you've made whatever if you're uh, applying to renal medicine rheumato- rheumatology rheumatology uh, uh, gastroenterology hematology endocrinology you will have two independent individuals assessing your commitment to specialty from your shortlisting form. So that is something that you will need to prove in your form, uh, in in your answers that you give there. So I, I, I suspect that'll be done Objectively, by looking at, you know, do you have a, a master's in respiratory medicine, but also, you know, uh, quantitative qualitatively by reading your white space answers and and seeing is does this come across. And so, to the individual who was talking about the, the publication uh, that she wrote in a different journal, that may not objectively get you points uh, because it doesn't have a PubMed ID, but I bet that if you put it in uh, and it's related to the specialty you're applying to, then that would demonstrate commitment and be helpful here. So certainly put it in your white space box. You know, again, if you're doing a part-time masters, doing a part-time diploma, whatever, that shows commitment. And I would put that in here to score those extra marks. But what I want to say is some individuals, this really counts at this stage, others it doesn't. And so we will go into how to prove commitment in the specialty specific breakout rooms where it applies. I hope that's clear. Uh, let me just close um, and a,
1: a lot of questions about the associate college tutors I think Tom answered it in the chat but yeah I think associate college tutors probably is a local theory. I don't think you can justify the, more than that uh, unless you can see it's regional like regional means it covers they have a clear definition of what regional means it covers uh, more than one trust yeah there's some particular wording they use so just think of whether you can get a letter to prove that
0: yeah, agree. So um, I think in the final ten minutes, because your breakout rooms and the the faculty are all uh, ready to go uh, with that. Uh, in the final ten minutes, I want to really just focus on here your application and what I think you can do today. We've we've covered that in some detail so far. Um, but uh, I think we're just going to summarize that and go into a bit more detail on what to do be doing in the next three weeks before the application windows opens, but then also in the next six weeks before the application window closes and then finally looking forwards uh, until March, so your evidence is going to now need to be uploaded. Digitally, um, So that will involve you know, scanning documents, whatever, making sure you have digital online copies of it, uh, of, of all your, your evidence. And there is a lot of evidence you need to produce outside of your application form. Okay, so that's proof of um, employment, proof of GMC registration, um, declarations, references, whatever go through all of that because this is not something that you want to be worrying about once you've done all the hard work of putting your application form together so I would say I would start with this section in the next couple of weeks if you have a day off if you have a a quiet shift or whatever if you if you have a a couple of hours look through the different sections of the application form that we haven't spoken about that you know it's it's not our role to speak about that it's about your employment history whatever Um, and think can I put this to one side and forget about it because it's all done. Right. If you can wrap this up in the next two weeks and then not think about it in the application window, that is a lot of weight off your shoulders because you can then focus on the areas which get you points. This will not get you points. Right. This will just mean you can put your foot through and apply. So get this out of the way. Forget about it. And then really everything that we've said, I think, falls into one of these two categories. One, consolidate, which means the points that you've already got. Make sure you score the points for it. So it would be such a shame if you ran a uh, teaching program for six months that you organized but you don't have the necessary letters from your tutor uh, from two years ago to prove it it's such a shame but now is the time to go and get those transcripts and references because you want to get the points for what you've done Um i you know similar with things like your logbook your e-portfolio you know that has a lot of msfs a lot of data to, that shows commitment get that all together now because it's it's again a shame if you're say, a cardiology trainee and you've done about you know 50 amateur echoes but you don't have a logbook to prove that you know what a waste uh, in, in terms of this of course you know the skills you gain are great but you know, let's prove it as well um, and then let's also think about how you can grow your score um, and we've spoken about what you need to do to try and get those additional marks in the additional section so proving that you're in the top Twenty percent of any section of your medical degree, um, or won any prize. We can spoke about what to do in the presentations or posters. Thinking about whether you're a second author somewhere. Thinking about what was a national meeting or regional meeting, and then what you can also do in teaching and QI to, to get those additional points. Now we've got five minutes left, and I know I said we wouldn't talk much about the interview process, but I think given the weight it carries, it is important to acknowledge that this is a small part. You know, this is. You know doing the math doing the maths about you know four and a half let's say almost five t- a fifth of of um <laughs> the amount of points you've got available sorry I, my maths has gone to fall uh in the last few years but um you know really don't get yourself down or worked up about whatever you're scoring in the application form score after you've done everything to maximise your score. I think they are calling more people to interview. Again, I don't have the data for that because we don't know it yet. Um, but I think because it's virtual, they will fit more people in. And so really use this application form to get your foot in the door, demonstrate yourself as well. And where you can score marks, get those marks because you've done the hard work.
1: Um, I, I, would, I would say, just before we move on to this, the, um, the application they are interviewing most people now, but only uh, like for example, cardiology, they interviewed 370 out of 420 last year. So only 50 people missed out on interview. Um, And yeah, the actual application form only counts for about 17% or so of your total mark. But given what you're trying to do here is not only get a job, but you're also trying to get a job in the location you want, Mm -hmm. uh, which is so important because if I'm based in the Midlands and now I have to go you know, down to pool well that's a big change for me my family and probably where I'm going to spend the rest of my life so actually these extra few points that make the difference to you getting a job not only getting a job but getting a job where you want I think is so important and has a, such a big impact uh, so it's you know, as you see, most things are on a bell curve. So everyone be around the same kind of points, uh, Mark. So the small points do matter. So do really put the effort in to try and get them now while you can. And obviously the work you do now for the application form is incredibly important for the work, uh, for your interview portfolio station as well. So yeah, it's not, it's not points that you won't be able to use again.
0: Yeah. Um, And I know we've been talking for almost two hours now, uh so you know we are coming to the end before your breakout rooms. The thing I want to just emphasize with these videos are we've worked with a large number of trainees uh over the last few years, and we've spoken to a lot of them. I've got hundreds of clips like this where they're you know they're from from hours and hours of conversations we've had from the ones who've you know really ranked full marks at interview, who've ranked top in the country in their specialty, uh, about what really made the difference for them. And I think there was a sort of some common themes in them. I'm going to let these play because just to sort of show you that I'm not just, it's just not the we, three or four of us. You can't, so. can't hear them. I, I, I turned the audio off just so I'm going to talk over them. Uh, if, if you want to, we, as part of our unoptimized uh, interviews, we have all of these uh, will be available later on in the year. But the point I want to just make with all these is the key points that all these doctors are saying is take this process seriously. Okay, and whatever you can do to score those extra marks to really uh, boost your score is really important. Okay, and it's something which people don't really talk about. But, you know, we are entitled to work in the part of the country that we want to. And, you know, if this can if this system can be gamed whatever you want to call it, in a way that it can get you that do whatever it takes. And so treat this like an exam. Treat this as something important. Uh, And so put in the, the hard work for it. Um, at the right time, and we we have worked with a number of of trainees who did that and did incredibly well, and I think part of the reason Balro and I do that is partly because we enjoy teaching, but because it is really really great to hear people who achieve no offers um, a year a year ago, then a year later will. Score full marks in their interview. And you know, we're not giving people extra QI projects. We're not giving people um publications. What we're doing is helping them show themselves in the best possible way. And that is a skill and that is an art, uh, just like filling out this application form. There is a skill to it, so you maximize the points that you get um, and don't leave anything on the table. And so um, but just before you go out into your, your breakout rooms, just to uh say we're we're revamping uh, our optimized interviews website because initially it started off as a small course that we ran uh, sort, sort of face to face but then really virtual in the last couple of years um and expanded to the specialties and it's more than just the course we're now offering hundreds of videos that have um you know mock stations of good and bad practice uh, answers you know feedback for diff- different answers to possible questions tips and tricks from you know the, the dozens of registrar uh, I said shows who are now registrars in that process and you know Balric's brainchild of these clinical knowledge updates which are you know bite-sized podcasts uh, where you've got registrars discussing the topics that come up in your clinical scenarios in a way that they're presented, that you are able to learn from them in a way to present in your clinical scenarios um, and written vignettes. So this is all additional to what we offered last year that we, you know, our whole faculty have been working really, really hard to produce even more content. So the whole way through from today until you get your offer, there is something here to go through and, you know, that's all online available on top of the course. So, you know, if you want to, Uh, you know carry on working with us so we take on a lot of the heavy lifting uh, as well as the hard work you're going to be doing you can have a look at what's available on the website at the moment the website is still the 2022 packages uh, which means that you'll only be able to see what was available there but if you sign up now um, you'll get full access to everything that we're going to be uploading in the coming weeks, which are all those videos, all those tips from trainees who've you know done brilliantly in the past um, all the clinical knowledge updates, all the written vignettes. Um, and please also follow us on Instagram uh, because we are going to be doing more sort of live one-to-one sessions. Uh, sorry, not one-to-one sessions, live uh, personalized sessions um, on there. So for individuals who have not got a one-to-one session today, if you follow us on Instagram, when we have, Uh, when when we know what dates we're going to be doing those drop-in clinics you're able to log in put your questions to us or other members of the faculty there um, and be able to to get feedback on your your questions answers whatever um, through there so please do and for any individuals who who do sign up by Sunday you get the the we're able to offer the full package for half price and that's because we need to expand our team we want to get the message out to north england south england scotland northern ireland everywhere so people get a chance to to, to hear about this so if you're able to help us with that by joining a, uh, the optimised interviews team and representing us and spreading the word then, then we're able to help by uh, giving a, a big discount on the, the content
1: guys just a few comments a few comments about that so the uh the uh the drop-in session it's gonna it's gonna be something called an like Instagram live i think i've i'm actually yet to join up but when i've joined instagram it'll be on a i haven't already you you're asking what my instagram handle is it's still to be decided but um you know when i'm on it it'll be instagram live so that'll be like a yeah drop, drop in clinics people can ask questions and we'll go through a few uh a few reminder points um and uh we'll do some uh Particular one for people who are actually signed up for the package as well. Uh, so there's ones just for people who have signed up, and then some for uh, everyone. Everyone else as well. Um, so and then the other thing about the half price thing, obviously, to be a rep, there's not too much. Uh, absolutely, too much that's needed. It's mostly just sharing it in your local WhatsApp group. So we imagine.